Welcome back to the BME Grad Podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Grace. And this week, we have the pleasure of talking with Danley Brown. Danley is a UNC biomedical engineering graduate. Uh, she graduated in 2020, and then she was a validation engineer at Barry Way Miller Design Group, and now works as an associate specialist in engineering at Merck. Welcome, Danley Brown. Danley, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the BME Grad Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. We are really excited to talk to you. I know we ran into you a bunch in undergrad, um, but I'm interested. I, I, this is kind of a great opportunity for us because we get to talk to you about two roles in one episode, which I think is awesome. Um, two roles that I think a lot of people hear about, but maybe don't know what they mean. So the last year you were a validation engineer at Barry Waymiller Design Group. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes. And then um, now you are an associate specialist in engineering at Merck. So if you don't mind, um, I'd love to kind of go through the sequence of what each role means and that, that transition in between and kind of like what's, what's happening next for you. So just to start out, what is Barry Waymiller? What do they do? And then what was your role there as a validation engineer? Absolutely. So Barry Waymiller is, uh, has many sectors. So specifically design group is within the Raleigh area where I was, and we are a contracting company to pharmaceutical med device and biotech companies. So specifically as a validation engineer, I was a consultant that was, uh, had four different projects over the year that I was there with three different companies specific to the research triangle park. And did you get, you got assigned to those places and you went there um, and did, you know, work at their campuses or was it kind of like you were assigned a project um, and only did project work? Yeah, so I had a unique situation where I actually was on site for all of them. Um, and normally what can happen is you can get one project for an entire year. It just depends on the project. Mine were all smaller, so four different ones and in a year at three different companies. So I actually didn't experience that, that work from home life until my current job. So for the whole year I was on site, which I enjoyed, especially after uh, everything had been shut down. It, uh, most people weren't at the site, but it was nice to see those few people that were given COVID conscious decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That also sounds like a lot of experience jam-packed into one year if you were on four different projects whereas most people in that role are only doing one per year um so can you give us kind of a little I'm not without giving too much detail obviously for uh, confidential reasons but can you give us a little bit of an overview of what those projects were were they were they testing equipment were they writing code to then validate where was was it like in a wet lab what what does that kind of look like yeah, so it, it was a very fast paced environment with the projects, uh, which I very much enjoyed that side of it, but uh, each project was involved in equipment validation. Uh, so in undergrad, I did not know what that term meant, but going into the role, figured it out. And so I did a lot of technical writing of documents and then executing those documents to get FDA validation of the equipment used. So the biggest project I worked on was actually validating a manufacturing line so that a med device company in RTP could create their device in-house and ship it. So that was a very large project, very extensive. And 
uh, my role was overseeing the execution of it with the process engineers. And do, I mean, that's not something that most people get trained in in undergrad, right? So for equipment validation, is that something that you got trained in before getting assigned to these projects? Or was it totally on the job learning, you know, day one, you're a contractor and you get sent out there, just fly by the seat of your pants? So thankfully, Design Group does have a training period in the beginning for you, and then you transition into projects. And then depending on where you go, the company you're contracted to will have its own training. So since I was personally at smaller companies within the year, I did not have individual training at the companies, but I do know of some coworkers at the time that had even more training at that company. Um, So it was a little bit more I got thrown in there, but it went really well. Uh, A lot of support from the Barryway Miller team and also the team at those companies who knew that I was a first year and was ready to uh, do the work that maybe they didn't want to do late at night and <laughs> take on that role. So in, in cave person language, what is validation? Because honestly, like I have ideas and like there's what you just told me, but I've like struggled to really get a clear definition. So that would be awesome if you could brief us. Yeah. So uh, specific for equipment, which is most of what I do, but it can be applied to software validation mm-hmm. as well. It's ensuring that the entity that you're looking at has been installed correctly, it operates correctly, and then performs correctly. Um, So those three are the big tests that you do uh, individually, one step at a time. And by the end of it, you're testing that it uh, consistently produces the outcomes that you want. Um, So for the line that I was running, we had to make sure that each piece of equipment within the line was installed correctly and that it individually operated correctly. But then as a whole entity, it performed the way it was supposed to. So those are the big three hits that are taken with validating a piece of equipment. And and what you're describing about in a manufacturing scenario, does this usually happen more upfront in designing the manufacturing process for something? Or is this kind of like a consistent effort that's ongoing? Um, consistent effort. Yeah. So I, a lot of what I was doing was a new brand new equipment onto a site. So that's why I was having to do the installation side of it. Um, mm-hmm. But as years go on with the FDA, you do have to revalidate pieces of equipment and that happens continuously throughout the year. Okay. That, I really appreciate you breaking that down. That makes <laughs> a lot more sense. I know Grace is like, yeah, I know this, but like I over here do not. So I appreciate well, it. <laughs> I know it. I know it in a, in a pharma, in a biotech. Right. Sense. I don't right. know it for medical devices. That's very different. And yeah, I mean, Danley, I think you did a couple, you know, between different companies. So you did like a medical one, you did like a pharma one and everything. So they, it's very different. <laughs> For, mm-hmm. uh, for what that needs at different companies and um, what gets qualified as validation engineer. So yes, very specific to, to my experiences, because I know now the validation engineers at Merck do not do what I was doing at, at Barryway Miller. So <laughs> definitely varies. Okay. So let's say for validation engineering with a manufacturing focus in a uh, contract type company, contracting type company, um, putting all of those pieces together in that first role, you know, what kind of, what kind of BME student would have really enjoyed that role? Like what would be their interests and skill sets and things they did in undergrad that they really loved? So definitely, I think with any role that I've ever been problem solving is a 
big part of it. Um, being mm -hmm. able to take a situation and figure out how to get that outcome that you want. Um, issues pop up, especially with validating pieces of equipment when things don't go the way you'd like or expected. So you do have to adjust and fix the issue to then revalidate it. Um, along with, I would say soft skills are a big part of it. So with the fact that I was at three different companies within a year on four different projects, I was moving around a lot within that year, talking to a lot of great people and meeting with them. But it also was a challenge for me, at least with remembering names. I got better at it, but <laughs> there's a lot of those communication skills that really come into play with consulting. Right. I was just going to say, yeah, that might be drawn upon a lot more considering you were working for a consulting company rather than internal mm -hmm. to another company. What about hard skills? Any hard technical skills that you used? Yeah, so uh, GMP regulation knowledge is a huge one um, that we learn in, I know, to senior design. Um, definitely understanding root cause analysis has been very prevalent in both my jobs, mm -hmm. uh, along with understanding the route that a product takes from start to finish and just the communication that has to occur with the FDA. So I'd say, at least for my role, a lot of the senior design uh, work at UNC was very heavy on it. Mm -hmm. um, I know some people can pull into the more software validation side of it with coding. That's not my expertise or strong suit. Uh, so yeah. I did not go that route, but <laughs> some people do choose that route in this exact position that I'm in, was in. Right. Okay. That's great. And then, so um, you made a transition to a role that is not the same um, at Merck. So Merck is a, I mean, I'll, I'll let you give the background. Um, why the transition and then maybe a little bit about what what Merck does. Yeah, so uh, the job was shown to me at Merck through a friend that actually works at a different site and I'd been in, in my current role and it for about a year and really debated about it and read it and felt that it was another opportunity for me to gain some new skills and see what it'd be like to work in a large corporation. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the transition was great. My design group was very helpful in packing everything up nicely for me to leave and then joining Merck. So I, I've been at Merck now for about three months, so I'm still very new, um, but I'm specifically in the technical operations department at Durham. And so my site at Durham manufactures the BCG vaccine, which is used to prevent tuberculosis and treat bladder cancer. Um, but a few other, vaccines that Merck is well known for is the Varivax vaccine, which is for chicken pox or the measles, mumps and rubella vaccine. Mm -hmm. So and you mentioned technical operations. I think I know what that means, uh, but every company is a little bit different. So could you, would you mind explaining what that department kind of does, what they're known for? How do they fit into the manufacturing line? Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Technical operations as a whole is the department that supports the operations. Uh, specifically, a lot of people on my team work to implement process, process improvement plans and troubleshooting manufacturing issues. So within the technical operations team, I'm actually on the deviation management team. So my role specifically works to uh, correctly approach a incident when something deviates from the normal operating procedures on the manufacturing line and then correctly address it 
and eventually present to the FDA. So how does that different, how does that differ from like the investigations department, if at all? Maybe, maybe so we doesn't have an investigations department. Maybe that's, maybe so that's we like are the, Pfizer. the investigation. Team. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So a large part of it is investing those deviations and then doing the root cause analysis and capos. Got it. Okay. I, that's interesting that Mark like titles that in that way. Cause I, I know at Pfizer, they call it investigations by and where I'm at, we say investigations. So that's it. technical operations means something completely different. I was wrong. <laughs> I thought it was something totally different. There's different teams within technical operations. So then my team's the deviation management or gotcha. investigation. Um, but there are other people on in my department that aren't on my team. Gotcha. How much does that bleed over at all into the other departments in in technical operations, or is it pretty rigid? We work with the other departments constantly. So a, a big part of what I learned at my first job, as I mentioned, with the soft skills and communicating with people has really helped with this current job. Uh, Cross-functional yeah. meetings are a huge part of it in order to understand the deviations and correctly approach them. And so I was very thankful for those opportunities in my first job that I, where I was the leader on a project that has now helped me work with other departments currently. Definitely. I mean, that's, that's something that they can try to tell you in undergrad too, but a lot of that is just like practice on the job, mm -hmm. you know, absolutely that kind of corporate <laughs> job, you know, communication skills. So, okay. In this role, um, is this, is this mostly focusing on leading a project leading an investigation from start to finish or, um, helping just the team? Everyone is on, you know, six different investigations all the time doing a group effort. How is that kind of broken out? So it's all individualized. Um, you have your own event that you're investigating and you take it from, first interviews that you have about the incident all the way to CAPLOs being implemented to correct it and prevent it. And the team is great though. If you ever have a question for me, I'm the newbie. So I always do have questions. Um, everyone's very helpful in providing their knowledge on it, but you are the, the sole owner of taking it from the beginning to the end. Gotcha. Okay. That's kind of nice. I mean, it's the whole like project leadership skills that you mm -hmm. kind of talking about in the last, um, what kind of skills were you able to transfer between the two jobs? Well, I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, besides like your technical, um, I'm sorry, your undergrad, you know, class mm -hmm. knowledge, what kind of things did you learn on the job besides communication skills that you were able to transfer over? From the, from, from, from yeah, the validation and engineering role. Yeah, so technical writing was a huge part of it. Uh, I did not feel as though I had as much technical writing knowledge going in from undergrad to my first job. Uh, and definitely that improvement over that first year was very helpful for now this transition into my current job. It's constant technical writing. Um, they don't tell you that in undergrad. You definitely just think you're you're playing with pieces of equipment all day long, which you could be, but a lot of technical writing goes into it as well. Um, my problem solving skills have greatly uh, increased from graduating until now. First job was helpful with that. And then this takes, this new job takes a whole new perspective on it when it comes to uh, the root cause analysis of it and truly trying to figure out what went wrong and then trying to correct it and prevent it. Um, 
definitely the problem solving skills of it. Could you provide some, like, could you give us an example project you might work on as an associate specialist um, in engineering at Merck? Like, uh, maybe like that would kind of convey a lot of the skills you use? The, mainly it's just, it's all we're doing is investigating. So it's, you'll have a load of events on your plate and you have to uh, work to make sure you get them done in that timely manner and then jump from meeting to meeting about different topics. So definitely that compartmentalization is a skill that I'm trying to work on when it goes from talking about one event and then needing to meet with someone else and talk about another. Uh, It's not something that I'm used to and that's definitely a skill I'm trying to learn now that was not as prevalent in my first job. Sure. That's a good point. You know, I think as a contractor, when you get assigned one project, you know, you're able to focus for months, a year on that one project. And then you Mm -hmm. get into the corporate side of it. And it is like, okay, (laughs) you're talking (laughs) with those contractors, but that's like one of like 15 things going on and prioritizing (laughs) compartmentalizing and prioritizing is something that I don't think I, at least I didn't feel like I was warned about that. Um, so, so what's like an example of, a, of something you were called in to help on that, that wasn't going right on the manufacturing line and, and kind of how did you address it? Yeah. So, um, something that happens and is inevitable on a manufacturing line is contamination in a room and whether it's minor or major, it happens. Um, and there's certain procedures put in place to minimize that and mm-hmm. help it, but it still can happen. So, uh, an example of a project I've been on is is addressing the contamination and interviewing operators to figure out what exactly was happening in the room, specifically with process, and then ensuring that they were properly trained and gowned and followed the procedures they were given that were written in place, and then correcting it with whatever we find from that root cause. Right. Okay. That's helpful. I know that at like, I know when we talked to Jasmine a while back, like Pfizer has like a 60 day time limit for these investigations. Does, does that, do you have time limits as well for X amount of days to solve this problem or, you know, quarterly or, you know, however long it takes, what's, what does that breakdown look like for how, what each project is going to take? Yep. So the, the timeline's 30 days, 30 business days that we have. So churning them in and out pretty quickly. Yeah, um, that's the goal, at least. Of course, sometimes things need to be extended, um, especially around the holidays or if people are out. Um, there are those exceptions, but the goal is 30 business days. Awesome. And it, I mean, I'm sure that can be kind of stressful sometimes to try to, to get that um, turned it in, turn out. But on the bright side, I would have to say like a pro of that is at least your job doesn't get stagnant. You know, you're not on the same project Very for two true. years, right? You know, you're churning them out, moving on and, um, talking to different people is, um, it, when you say technical writing, are you referring to like SOPs, um, standard operating procedures or, um, you know, technical writing for FDA reports? Is it like internal or external? or both, maybe it's both. So for my position specifically as the associate specialist, it's all internal investigation reports. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if there were a Kappa that came out of an investigation where say an SOP needed to be changed, we would then direct that Kappa to another team member. So we are specifically not in charge of writing those, but it's more of writing the investigations. And then 
if the FDA were to come and ask us about an investigation presenting that information of taking them down that timeline of what we did and the root cause and how we fixed it. Gotcha. So can you, like similar to what we asked you about your validation position, what is, um, what are some skills or what kind of, what kind of undergrad would enjoy this role? What kind of skill sets, if they liked, would do well in this role? So definitely, I always get back to the problem solving, but even more so problem solving in this role. Um, I like to think of this role as an escape room uh, because you are problem solving and you don't know where to start and you're trying to figure out with a group of people who also are trying to figure it out with you. So <laughs> it's a lot of that, that working together as a team um, while trying to, to find the end of the puzzle. Uh, mm -hmm. So putting it all together. Um, I didn't necessarily like actual puzzles going up that's why I'd rather relate it to escape rooms um, but technical wise from underground from what we learned was definitely the root cause analysis and kappas and much more of that GMP regulations I feel like Zane related this to like fault finding in a circuit kind mm -hmm. of like maybe that mm, would be yes. another parallel like because when he said puzzles I was like god I hated puzzles too but when you say escape room or he says fault finding in a circuit I'm like oh well that was fun it's a little more systematic and yeah so yes yes more of a more to it I, more mentally stimulating I would say than a puzzle for me yeah <laughs> us, us puzzle haters out here <laughs> <laughs> so what is something I'm sorry what is what is the trajectory for someone in this role? You know, do you work up associate specialist, you know, one, two, three, senior principal? Um, do they usually move laterally into other departments? What is kind of the career progression from this? I know, you know, grain of salt, you've only been in this role for three months. So mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of grain of salt on where we're going with this, but what's kind of the typical career progression? Yeah, so the trajectory for this role specifically is moving up from that associate specialist to specialist, senior specialist, and that transfer comes with, of course, relevant experience in the field, but also the, in the level of independence that you have. So being three months in, I still do rely, of course, on my team and my manager, and as to where those senior specialists really are taking that investigation from beginning to end on their own. So trajectory would be to move towards more of that individualization within my team and being able to have a better knowledge of it on my own. Um, but in general, I would say that Merck and my manager specifically are very supportive of people wanting to transfer laterally in Merck. So I know that there's a lot of people that do that if they aren't loving exactly what they're doing and there's so many opportunities and in, in Merck it's such a large company with so many outlets and four different divisions so it's it's very heard of that people do make those lateral transitions that's awesome that they support their employee education in that kind of way mm -hmm. definitely and then um I might be too soon to ask but what a, what do you see for your trajectory yourself given that you've so, been in this role for yes <laughs> still the newbie so eventually my goal would be to not be the newbie anymore of course goal, <laughs> not be the newbie got respectful, it yes small goal, goal. Mm -hmm. small goal uh definitely to pull more on that goal, independence yeah. yes eventually um and then I would say overall my trajectory that I have for myself is I do appreciate leadership roles and want to eventually get involved with them so I've been exploring 
how I might do that within my role currently or um, possibly exploring the idea of an MBA. So thinking about those right now, but uh, have not set it in stone yet. Gotcha. Well, we'll be watching. Congrats yes. on, on the role change. <laughs> yeah, congrats on the new role. It Thank sounds like you. you're really enjoying it and learning a yes. ton. Absolutely. Always learning. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Stanley. It was good to see you again. Thank you, too. It's been a pleasure. The BME Grad Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For more information on the BME Grad Podcast, visit bme.unc.edu. Right now, you can find that information under the News and Events tab. If you can, please subscribe or follow and leave a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.